Welcome, everybody. It's time for another Get Off My Lawn podcast. My name is John Anderson. I will be your host for the evening, as always, because it's it's me. I'm the only one that does this. So uh, I, I missed you guys last week. I uh, my my sinus infection had moved down into my chest, and I just had a, a whole from from here to here was just all gunk, and I couldn't talk. And if I did try to talk, then uh, my throat would get all tickly, and I'd start to cough, and it was just not a good thing. So I appreciate everybody who uh, just that hung tight, waited for this week. It's going to be a cool show for those of you that are out there. Um, I do know that uh, I know when Sandhill's sweetheart was looking for the feed that she had to go hunt for it. So YouTube and Facebook both like to kind of shadow ban this. Although Facebook's getting better. It's been over a year now since I was in Facebook jail. And I think that some of the pressure is lifting, honestly. Um, but I see some comments coming in, so I know that you you YouTube viewers are getting the notification that we're live, so uh, welcome to that. Um, real quick here, let's, uh, let's do this um, and get this on the screen. So if you are out there, uh, make sure that you're putting those comments in the chat so that we know you are there. If you're not commenting, we cannot see you. If you are over there on Rumble... I can still see you. I just can't put your comments on screen. But if you are, uh, if you're on YouTube or on Facebook, then uh, I can put your comments right on screen. If you're still talking about what we are talking about, or you have questions that are pertinent, we will uh, we'll get those up on the screen and address those um, as as time allows here. So uh, make sure you do that. And of course, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to whichever platform you are uh, watching or if you're catching this later on the audio only version uh, make sure you subscribe there as well on on that platform um all right couple other announcements of course that we like to always announce we are a proud part of the sand hills excuse me the sand hills defense the self-defense radio network uh you can go over to sdrn.us and check out this and all kinds of other cool shows uh, at least one of which are the, the, the host or co-host, uh, is uh, going to be on the show tonight with us. So, uh, that'll be kind of cool. So go check those out. Uh, very, again, very proud to be listed on that list of great shows. We are sponsored as always by Sandhills Defense, which is my firearms training company here in Northeast Nebraska. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get more information, go to sandhillsdefense.com. Or you can call or text 402-851-0726. Um, make sure you follow us over on Facebook over there as well. Uh, all right. We've got a few panelists. I believe we may get more as the uh, as the night progresses. I had a few ladies tell me that uh, they maybe could make it later. And I said, yes, absolutely pop on in um, if you get some time and you feel like it. So let's say hello to the uh, the panelists that we have so far. Uh, first up, we have got Brooke Cheney. Cheney or Cheney? Cheney? Yeah, one of out. it doesn't matter. So here's the thing. Brooke. I, when I married Brooke. into it, it was like we could have Cheney if we want to go French, Ooh, Cheney, or we can do the, the presidential thing and go Cheney. So, you know, we got options. Right. Either way, as long I'm as you're thinking. here, that's <laughs> all I care about. Thanks for joining us tonight. You're welcome. We've also got Cheryl Todd, who is uh, the co-host of, I'm going to do this right, Gun Freedom Radio. Beautiful. Perfect. Like I should have just, 
mouthed it just as, so it sounded like it was me coming out coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, you you would not want my voice coming out of your face. That would not be right in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Very glad that you are here with us as oh, well tonight. No, you were. Oh, I, I think you. you just froze there. Oh, you're back. Okay. Am I frozen? All right. And then uh, last but certainly not least joining us, we have uh, Holly Sullivan, who is president of Connecticut, Connecticut Citizens Defense League. Is that right? I get the initials right. twisted yep. in my mind sometimes. So we've got two New Englanders. And then Cheryl, are you home right now? Are you down in the Arizona place? And then, I, of course, I am home uh, west of Phoenix. So people basically say I'm in East L.A. So I'm like that far west of Phoenix. West but, Phoenix, uh, East L.A. I got you. That that works. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Uh, Holly, very glad to have you along with us as well. So uh, um, over there in, in that uh, Connecticut area. So. All right. Cool. Um one more announcement here before we get rolling. Just he's I've got a comment on Rumble. Rumble should be working. Uh, anybody who's trying on Rumble, get just refresh, it should be there. Um, but uh, for this show, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong to the individual expressing them, do not reflect the views of any of our sponsors or any of the other panelists. We're not offering any legal advice, no medical advice. We're not doctors. We're not lawyers. And I tell you what, I am not a biologist, but I am 99% certain that uh, that these three panelists are ladies. So that's what really matters. That's what my mama told me. So yes, right? we're going to go with that. <laughs> oh man, we this this could the topic that we're we're going to broach tonight. It could. And I'm, I want to be very careful that it doesn't devolve into um, something that, that I don't want it to turn into. That we're not going to talk about, um, I shouldn't even say we're not, we might. We'll see what happens. But I, I just, I understand that it can be a delicate subject and I'm not always the most delicate person. Always focus on the outcome you want. Don't right. pay any attention to the one that you don't. When driving race cars, you look at the road, not at the wall. So just focus on what you want and it'll work out. That's true. That's true. So there we go. Um, all right. So I see um, I see so many so many places, television ads and, and just what's going on in the news and what's going on across social media. Um, and here's what I want to talk about tonight. And I'll tell I'll tell you viewers the same thing I just told these ladies how this happened. So last week was going to be the other side of this coin before I got sick. And then it worked out that this way we can at least be chivalrous. We can let the ladies go first. But originally, last week's topic was going to be about how society needs men to step up and be men and be manly men and what it means to be a man in today's society. And how masculinity is still necessary to the society. And so then I thought, hey, if we're going to do that, we need to get a panel of ladies for the week after to, to talk about how femininity is still essential as well. And so that's where tonight's topic comes from. And uh, we'll talk with the, with the guys next week. Uh, we'll see who is, who's going to still be able to make it um, to, the, uh, to the next show. Um, but uh, 
we will uh, we'll talk with these ladies, and, and like I said, there may be a few others that pop in before we we finish up here tonight. But I just I want to uh, I'll give you all a chance individually, and then we may just make this a, a roundtable discussion. If it's just going to be the four of us, we don't need quite as much structure to to make sure everybody gets a chance to talk. But uh, although my wife did tell me earlier, you know, with all these ladies, you're not going to get a word in edgewise. And I said, yeah, it's going to be an easy night for the host. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Holly, since uh, we'll start with you, since you were the, the last one to get introduced, you'll get the, the first one that gets to talk. Just I want to know real quick your personal opinion, your views on um, just what what it means to be a woman in today's world, because I have no idea. I obviously am not a woman. Um, I know that it is in the business sense. I mean, it, it's still very much a man's world, but also I, I invited a list of ladies who have, have been quite successful in what I think is still a man's world. And you can give your opinion on that. Um, and I also just want to know your value on femininity um in society today and and how much value you place on that how necessary you think it is so i'll let you wow. start it off yeah that's a lot okay so <laughs> um so starting with let's talk about professionally um i've never held felt like i've been held back professionally because i'm female um and quite frankly when you actually look at opportunities out there for scholarships and advancing education and things like that. There's quite a lot out there for women. So it's it's almost interesting to me when people talk about it being a man's world, because if you realistically look at um, some of the structures that are out there to allow people to move forward, uh, many of them do benefit women. Um, I have a master's degree. Um, my, I have a degree in business and I've been in my field for 16 years, um, you know, I have to keep my certifications up and continue the education. Um, at no point in time did I ever felt like felt like I was being held back because I was female. Um, when I was in college, I uh, made my income on the side running auto parts for CarQuest. Um, I held mufflers and rotors and drove a pickup truck and, you know, I loved it. Um, so, but that being said, I still prefer to be a feminine female. Um, I, you know, I, there's all sorts out there and to each their own, um, but this is who I'm meant to be. Um, and I live in the skin that I live in um, and I'm very comfortable there. Um, so, you know, it, it's, and that's kind of an interesting thing, particularly in 2A, because I think there's a lot of women that kind of go a little tactical, which is fine if that's what they're comfortable in. It's not for me um, because I work in a business environment. Um, you know, my uh, everyday carry is uh, for my body and the type of clothing that I'm wearing in a business environment. So that's a big question, John. That's what, you, what <laughs> else did I miss in there? There's, there's a lot going on. Sure. No, um, just your value, the, or excuse me, the value that you place on, mm. on femininity just as a as a trait in society and and how um whether or not you think it's that important in these days that uh, that women remain feminine well i think that they should be who they are if that's you know if that's how they're comfortable then that's awesome um i think there's nothing wrong with being a tomboy i think there's nothing wrong with being somewhere in between um so you know i know uh i know how I conduct myself. And quite frankly, like, I think that there's, uh, there's a balance there. Um, you know, nobody can be all things. So find your arena. Mm -hmm. 
Nope, and that that's very true. All right, Cheryl, we'll go over and let you um, have a crack at the same stuff. So just uh, your your experience, you know, as far as the business world has been, um, and then uh, just your value on femininity and culture today. Absolutely. And Holly, that was phenomenal. Uh, uh, say never to follow a better speaker, and yet here I go. So uh, <laughs> um, being a female in like a male uh, arena, male-driven, traditionally male arena. Well, my husband and I have been self-employed the whole time we've been married. We just celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary uh, just a week or so ago. And so, you know, together he and I have just kind of built our world. Now, as we did that, we had employees and most of our staff almost exclusively were male. And for many years, they were older than me. And so there were certain cultural things maybe to, to work through. But I grew up in a household full of guys. It was my dad was a single dad and I had three brothers and then there was me. And I was never treated special. There was never a tiara in the house. You know, I, I was not um, treated with kid gloves. I was treated just like the rest of them. And so I feel like that gave me the, just the inside knowledge on how to interact with like my dad, he was an older male, like right? he gave my brothers more freedoms and liberties than I had, but it wasn't because I was under his thumb. It was because he was considering my safety and mm -hmm. my development as a, a young woman and my reputation and these kinds of things. Now I'm like, so why don't you care about Ronnie's reputation? I don't know, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, but uh, I really have always had the attitude of, I, I don't know, like, I'm sure there were obstacles in my way. I'm sure there were times that maybe I could have uh, done something easier or faster if I was a dude rather than a, a woman. But I don't log those things in my mind. If anything, I've used them to get craftier, right? Smarter at what I'm doing. Um, be better at, at using my my words and my behaviors. I mean, what's my little tagline there? Polka dots are my camo. It's almost like, you know, uh, underestimate me at uh, perhaps your own peril, right? So it's like what I appear on the outside doesn't necessarily represent the, the level of resolve or strength or um, you know, whatever grit that I have. And one of my favorite books, it's not terribly old. Uh, I think it's from 2014. It's called The Obstacle is the Way, right? Um, it was written by Ryan Holiday. And it really does kind of set your mind up to say, all right, here's this thing in front of you. Is it going to be a brick wall that stops you? Or are you going to climb up on top of it and it'll be your launch pad? And so I, I think it's just my way of encountering the world um, that, that I, if there were obstacles, I, I thank the world and I thank God for them um, because maybe they cha help me change my path or do something better. 
Um, cool. The other question you had is, ask me again. Just your your My value, value of femininity or femininity. Yeah, still within within culture, whether it's necessary. Yeah. So I grew up very much a tomboy, very much a tomboy. I wore my older brother's uh, floodwater pants. I was always taller than him, longer legs. And so I wore his floodwater jeans for many years because my dad's a single dad, four kids. He didn't have a lot of money. Uh, played baseball very poorly. Um, but uh, I, just, I just enjoyed being who I was at the time. Right? It didn't pigeonhole me. It didn't label me. Um, and so it truly wasn't uh, until I had a daughter. My daughter, Kathy, came out of the womb in sparkles. I'm telling you, the girl is as girly <laughs> as the day is long. And so that's when I really started enjoying, um, you know, playing into the feminine side of myself. Um, in high school, I, I won a, a contest. It's not a beauty contest. Trust me on this. It was, you know, I sang. And so I call it a talent contest. But it was the whole thing with the sash. And that's when I got my tiara. Um, nice. So, you know, I understood how, how to be feminine. But it wasn't until Cassie came along um, that I really just fully unpacked it and enjoy it in the way that I do. And what I think more than you know, whether it's feminine or whether it's the word woman or whatever, is that uh, I enjoy being ladylike. And so even when I was a tomboy, I think I was probably ladylike. And what does that mean? It means I, I'm polite, right? I, I think of others. I try to be helpful, um, not a doormat. And sometimes those things get, get mixed up. But right. um, just in, enjoyed having good manners. And uh, had I had some good, strong uh, role models around me that were male and female for those kinds of things. So I hope that answers kind of where we were going. Sure, sure. All right, Brooke, we will throw it over to you. And uh, so what's been your experience coming up through the, uh, the business world and then the value you place on femininity? So I got my first dirt bike at six years old. <laughs> And I loved going out in the sand pits and riding around with the guys. But I have always loved the fact that I could come home muddy, dirty, take a shower and throw an evening gown on and make their jaws drop when we were done. <laughs> so I think being a woman is having all those opportunities to do whatever you want. I was very blessed to have two parents who, even though they were divorced, let me believe that I could accomplish anything that I wanted to and to try it all. And we've never had anyone pigeonhole. Oh, that's a, that's a man's job. That's a woman's job. It's you want to do it. You go try it. If you can get it done, then do it. And to what Holly was saying earlier, it's like, I've never felt held back because I'm a woman. I actually went to a women's business luncheon this morning today earlier and they were saying stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel that in any way. I don't feel this is a man's world. Um, I find that men will do anything for us that we need them to, if we need to, them to do something. My husband is my partner. Uh, I'm not at 38 years yet, but I, uh, next year, 2024 is our 25th wedding anniversary. And so it's like, yeah, so I'm super excited. Hey, y'all are invited. You can come. 
it, it's August 24th. Just show up with a, a dish. We're doing potluck. But anyway, but it's just like, I, I oh, so, so pink. Um, having been that tomboy, uh, when I was in school, I'm sorry, girls were mean. Girls were just always mean. And I got picked on. I got bullied a lot. And so I hated girls and I hated pink. And then I found guns. And then I found confidence because gun girls are fun girls. Mm -hmm. And I have friends now like Holly and Cheryl who I didn't know existed before. And so they're, the femininity of finding women that are like you or you have something in common. And this is what I love about the gun culture in general is because I'm a competitive shooter. I show up at a competition. I have all of these friends. I have all this extended family because it doesn't matter if we're boys, girls, everything in between these days. It None of it matters. It's like, oh, we all like guns. We have something in common. We have confidence because we have that ability to go from the unknown to the known. Because in my at my school, one of the my taglines on my cards is from clueless to confident, because that was me. I knew nothing about guns. I learned about them. I'm like, oh, this is my Wonder Woman moment. I can do this. Oh, wait, see, I even have Wonder Woman Ducky. Because awesome. <laughs> Um, because I just love that confidence. And so it, it's definitely, I'm not helpless because I'm a female. Are there things that I am better at than my husband? Yeah. Are there things my husband is better at than me? Uh-huh. But are there things that Cheryl is better at than I am? Yep. Are there things I can do that she, yes. Yeah. So sure. I, I think somewhere in our society, we've got lost that all of us are supposed to be exactly equal and do all the same stuff. And I'm like, no, I would never want to do everything that Holly does. She's, she's like, she, I actually, I always introduce people to Holly. I'm like, she's Wonder Woman, by the way, because I always wonder how she gets it all done. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so to me, the feminism stuff, it's like, and what Holly said before too, because I wrote down, I actually have a poster or a something, someone gave me a thing that says, be yourself because mm -hmm. everyone else is taken. And so it's like, be comfortable in your skin, like she was saying as well. So see, Cheryl, we can follow people who are better than us. We just keep quoting them. It works. Really <laughs> so that's um, good. I, I'm going to remember that life tip right there. So, but there, yeah, exactly. Especially in our line of work, right? It's like, oh yeah. The, so. the secret to having a podcast, you don't have to be a good host as long as you can just get good guests. There you go. So. <laughs> So that kind of leads into another question that, that I want to bring up and, and I'm not going to keep just calling on people in order. So let's just make this a conversation. So we're all sitting, you know, at a table together, drinking a coffee or whatnot. So, um, you, you had, you had mentioned a little bit ago, Brooke, about, um, the, the equality. And now I just want to share my opinion. Um, equality is, in some instances, necessary, absolutely essential, but all things can't be equal. How boring would this world be? No, no, no. So we have equal opportunity. Right. Like you and I can try to do the same and, job. And, and that's exactly. One yeah, of us is better at it than the other. Chances are. And and that's one of the things that I, I want to, um, I want to just kind of explore a little bit. Again, get your, your opinions on. Um, on the topic, because we, we hear about that all the time 
about you know their the the gender pay gap and the differences in you know women aren't aren't uh, considered to be equals and all that but again um if if everybody had the same goal i guess then we could judge everybody equally but but in my opinion Cheryl doesn't want to end up at the end of her life at the same at the end of the same road that I'm on, that you are on, that Holly's on and, and, you know, vice versa. And so, uh, you know, everybody's, we're all on our own, our own road, our own journey. And sometimes, yes, we have traveling companions on this adventure called life, but, uh, but ultimately, you know, there are things that, that I would like to accomplish with uh, that little space in between the dates on my tombstone. And so uh, those are going to be different than anybody else's. And, and I like what you said. Yeah. Everybody gets an equal opportunity. And that's what this country was founded on. It's just been so twisted. Um, and it, it's become, and again, there are so many, so many third rails, you know, that people are just afraid to touch, right? Um, if we start talking about racial equality or even gender equality or things like that. But again, if, if we don't talk about some of this stuff, then the other side's still going to. The people that are going to try to tell you that you're a victim just because you were born with two X chromosomes um, that you don't have opportunities, they're not going to shut up. I think that we owe it to the world to, to not hide from some of these topics, which is why, again, why I wanted to do this tonight. So um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that women and men are equal, not in, not in every way, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, the, what you can accomplish can be just as great or greater than any man. And that's obvious. Um, you know, nobody's going to deny that. But at the same time, there's, there's, there's a reason, being a Christian, there's a reason why God created a woman, you know, to be different than the man. Um, and ultimately, my philosophy is, you know, God made the man the way that he did. And we are the way that we are. But uh, then he said, well, you know, we could make some improvements on the next model. <laughs> and so that's you are the upgrade you you are you know you're, you're like man 2.0 which is why adam saw eve walking down the down the beach and he's like whoa man and that's how uh, <laughs> the, the word came about i'm pretty sure um you can look that up it's in the encyclopedia that's the etymology <laughs> of the word woman but <laughs> you heard it on the interwebs kids you know it's true yeah, um exactly. but but uh i'm glad that that there's a difference between between men and women. Um, and so that's one of the things, again, I just wanted to kind of throw out there for a discussion topic with, with the three of you is, you know, the, the ways that, uh, the things that you can accomplish, but still be who you are and not be the same as me, not be the same as, as your, your respective husbands or the other men that you know in your, your workplace or in your lives. Um, so, I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to add to to that fact or, or that idea? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's no doubt that biologically we're absolutely different. And I think that's, you know, um, procreation wouldn't be possible. I mean, that's how our species is sustained. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, obviously males have biologically, they're more muscular, they have more upper body strength in particular, which in, in shooting sports is absolutely relative. Um, and women tend to be nurturers and things like that. But that's not always the case, but it's just often the case. Um, and, you know, um, quite frankly, there's certainly some 
feminists out there that have made things really challenging, particularly for my generation. Um, you know, the generation of women that came before me, there were certainly some that were just fighting for equality. And then there were certainly others who were fighting to be put above or to prove that they could be all things and they're not um you know i'm i'm a single mom um i've been a single mom for a very long time and you know when you get into having to juggle it all um the harsh reality is that there are things that are hard right like a tree comes down in the middle of the night during a storm it's a lot harder for me right and you know whereas some other people might have uh, an extra hand and um you know you, you kind of start to recognize those biological differences um just because just because we can do it all doesn't and we want to do it all right and and we appreciate um what you know what men are capable of um you know but like you know maybe i'll make something creative and i'm like i can never do that you know it is balance and, and it's okay to acknowledge and recognize that i'm sorry my kids letting the dog out right now um perfect timing <laughs> um so at any rate um yeah i'll let that go to somebody else because it just got really loud here <laughs> the multitasker Right? Um, that happens. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, I don't know. I'm glad we're not all the same. I, I don't remember if this yeah. was when we were alive still, but it'd be so boring. I think maybe that was what you said, Cheryl, is like, if we were all the same, oh, we wouldn't need it. But we are social creatures. It's like, uh, I, I grew up with two uh, divorced parents. Uh, my dad tried that twice. And um, it was one of those things where it's just like, I still had two parents though, but we had juggling and I lived in a family though, because my mom lived with my grandma. So I lived with a couple of uncles and that sort of thing. And so with my living with my grandfather, my two uncles, my mom, it's like, I didn't have a bunch of brothers around. I do have a brother, but he's a half brother. But anyway, I, I got to see my grandmother who's very demure. You'd love her, Cheryl pink lace and all of that sort of thing um but just like what a classical lady would be like um you know dainty and sweet and calm and that sort of thing and just seeing the feminine touch of her rose perfume and hand soap versus my grandfather who was this old rough german who um yeah, just it it it's you need to have the yin and yang of our world. You need to have that balance of rough and tumble and soft and sweet. And I think the joy that I find being a woman is that I get to be all of that. I, I can go and jump on the tractor and go mow the yard and uh, at the same time come in, get dressed up, go to uh, an event and I don't know. I, I like being able to have the opportunity to at least try guys' jobs, but I don't have to be a guy to try a job. And if I happen to be good at it, yay, I can have that. But if I'm not good at it, I don't want to get the prize just because they need to fill a spot that says, oh, we need at least one girl in this position. Right. Yeah, that's very, very true, too. I like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, yeah. and I can I can just say as the, the designated dude, here on on tonight's panel um and i'm not going to speak for every man i'm only going to speak for this one but when when i finally met the the right mrs me um you know i recognized that she she's not the same as me i didn't want somebody like me i couldn't put up with somebody that's like me uh, i've met people that are like me and i i can't stand them so 
it, but that's the thing that, that I've realized, you know, with, with a little bit of age, she's, she can do things that, that, that I can't do. She's ultimately, she's everything that I'm not. And, and she really does compliment my life. Um, compliment with an E um, my life. And, and that's, you know, ultimately when it comes to finding, finding a, a traveling partner on this journey called life, right? I mean, that's really what you need is, is somebody who can do the things that you can't do and can be the things that you can't be because you already are you, you don't need another you. Um, and so I, I really like that about, um, I like that about my bride is she brings everything to the table that I'm not good at. And, and she's, she's so great at, well, I'm not really good at much. <laughs> she's so great at, at, at almost everything except killing spiders. And so if it wasn't for reaching stuff in the top shelf of the cabinet and killing spiders, she really wouldn't even have a reason to keep me around. I don't think so other, well, I, and I can make her laugh. That's, that's my redeeming value right there. I can make her laugh. Um, but, but ultimately, um, yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to is just, we, we shouldn't all be the same. That's, I'm so glad that there are people who, who are, who are, who that, who they are. Um, and just within our own community of, you know, second amendment advocacy, which is where most of my online friends, um, are part of that circle. But I mean, we've got, um, you know, every size and shape of person, every, every shade of skin, um, you know, we are diverse without having to go out and check off boxes, right? It, it's, it's not like we said, well, you know, the, the second amendment community doesn't have enough black people. So we need to go out and recruit some black people, right? No, we just said, Hey, uh, welcome to the group. We don't care what you look like. And you know, we've got folks that are black and it, they just happen. It's a dog toy. Remove I'm that from the dog. <laughs> Nope, I she has not touched that toy in months. Now that she's found out it makes noise tonight live, that's when she needs to squeak it. I think they're conspiring, John, because that actually was like literally the dogs did not need to go out for hours until four minutes ago. And yeah. That's probably she's tapped into the, the puppy network and they're all oh, wait. Did, the more important point, Cheryl, did your lawn people leave yet? <laughs> I think. I think so. I couldn't believe that. They never come this late in the day. Right and before we went live. I heard that familiar, yeah, that familiar rumble outside. And I was like, oh, no, please let it be the neighbor's yard. But no, it was us. So I want to <laughs> weigh in on all of this and yes, say, um, I think just kind of, um, you know, launch off of what you guys have already said. And in our world, uh, Danny and I, my husband, Danny and I, we've always looked at our life like a pie chart, right? So it's not like, you know, I am demeaned because I don't do these things or it's not like I'm putting upon him because he does those things. We just kind of acted out of our areas of natural strength. And that has worked for us. And the only time things really get uncomfortable is if we both try to play in the same slice of the pie. And then we have our ideas about how that piece of the pie should go. Um, but that really, it doesn't happen that 
that often. And, um, you know, we just kind of can, can figure out, well, no, this really is something that you would be better at, or you try it for a while and then if it's not going great, use me as your backup. Um, so uh, it, it really hasn't necessarily been, well, you're the chick, so obviously you're going to do these things. Go and do the laundry have, and, the and make me a sandwich. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm better at making sandwiches. I mean, that is just an undisputed fact. So I don't want him making my sandwiches. I would prefer to be the one that puts lots of peanut butter and lots of jelly, right? I don't want this thin layer of nothing. That would be his idea of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So, you know, I'm just better at certain things. But I could never in a gajillion years do the things that he is amazing at. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of guns and, and coins, and he's great at, at just tinkering with things and fixing them. And I wouldn't even enjoy those things. Like, no, thank you. It's just not what I want to spend my time doing. I love reading and studying and interacting with people and, you know, just different things that are important in how we've built our lives. Like with our businesses, um, you know, I, I was always like the HR side. It's just where my brain works. Sure. He didn't want to, and so therefore I had to. And so, um, you know, it just, he is a very strong personality. And I love that. I find that over the years, I have always gravitated towards people with very strong personalities because that gives me freedom to, to be strong and loud and big and all the things that I, I am when I want to be. Um, so that I think it's just, um, it's wonderful. It really is to have the differences because it is a compliment. I think too often we say, well, if it's different, then it, there must be something bad about it. And instead of just understanding there is that, who was it, John said the yin and the yang, there is that compliment. Um, and uh, I couldn't do all of the things that I do, wear all the hats that I wear, travel all the places that I go, if he wasn't fully engaged in, in living out his gifts and his talents. Um, and, sure. and he is just like, go do it. You know, he, it hasn't always been quite that way because he, he wants to be with me. So he doesn't necessarily like it when I'm like, all right, see, I'm going to DC for a while, you know? Um, but that's not like, you know, the man is keeping the woman down. It's just, he, he wishes he could go with me. And how sure. do you hate that? And, and I can't take credit for the yin and the yang. I think Brooke is the one that said that earlier. But I did miss my chance earlier. I, I want to say congratulations, Cheryl, for 38 years now. You have resisted the urge to smother him in his sleep. So. <laughs> As he has for me. So nowadays we have to be so careful about what we say, but you know, people have asked us over the years, it's like, oh my gosh, you live together, you work together, you're now a family business and your adult daughter works with you. Like how how does this work? And I say, well, we all know where 
the guns and the bullets are. So, yes. you know, we're just in a, a constant standoff, right? And, so. and you all know <laughs> that you are all proficient. There you go, right? Because they that say it creates a polite society. So, that's very uh, true. So, just kidding. Don't send me emails. I'm just joking. <laughs> we're not drawing down on each other. Come on. Right. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's gonna kill anybody. Nobody's shooting at each other. No. Um, oh. So so no that that's really awesome. Um, okay. So I want to bring up one more, I guess, fairly ticklish subject. But the only reason for me that this is ticklish is because I I'm I'm trying really hard throughout these shows week in and week out to to make my stance very clear on on certain topics and I said in the in the show description we're not going to get into um we're not going to get into a, a discussion on on chromosomes or body parts and whether or not you know you have to be plumbed a certain way to to be a woman because um, we actually had um, at least one one trans person who was invited, and, and she's not going to be here tonight. It looks like, um, but I was I was actually looking forward to to getting some some perspective uh, from from Gina's you know through Gina's eyes too. But so again, out there for for the interwebs and just for the world at large, um, I don't care. I will be cool with anybody who's cool with me. It is nice. the The problem that I have is when everything has to be all about just this one topic. In, even though I'm bringing it up on the show too tonight, but um, what I'm seeing is that the the people who legitimately feel like they they were born in the wrong body, which I cannot wrap my head around how that must feel, and and I. I don't know what that's like. I mean, I, I know what it's like to not be happy with my body. I don't know what it feels like to, to think that I'm not even in the right one, though. And that's got to be a, a horrible, terrible, trapped feeling, right? Um, and I know that that's legit for, for a lot of people out there. And then there's a lot more that I'm not so sure about, but it, it's becoming trendy. But also what I'm seeing is with this growing trend of of people who I, I think literally are, are riding a bandwagon because they, A, they can get attention and B, they can't be corrected, right? So they get a get out of jail free card if they just say that they are this, this one thing or another. Um, but I, I'm seeing a couple different things. Number one, I'm seeing that a lot of the traditional female values, the femininity um, and, and the, the values that go along with that, I'm seeing some of that it almost looks to me like it's there's a faction trying to stamp that out in society and, and say that that's not even worth anything. And that another thing that, that I just, I really want to know about is so many of the people that, that I'm seeing today across social media, that they're making the headlines that uh, you know, they, they want to live their life as a woman, even though they weren't born that way, they are in my mind, they're mocking you. And they are, they're becoming a caricature of what it actually is to be a woman. And so I want to know, because I, I don't think it's right for me to be offended on your behalf. I'm offended on my own behalf, just because I don't want women to, to stop being women. That's my selfish, my personal belief. But I want to get a, 
a few women's perspectives on, you know, do you see the same thing? And if you do see that, what's, what's that make you feel like, or what do you see instead of that? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only one. So anybody can jump in and take it. I think I'm going to dive in and it is, this is a, a ticklish topic because there are so many people just, you know, the cancel culture people who mm -hmm. purposely try to misunderstand everything that someone else yeah. does if they have a, a different opinion. But I don't know that that piece is really so different than what we've been dealing with, with gun advocacy, pro second amendment advocacy. You know, there are people out there that will twist your words no matter what you say. So this is just a different, a different topic. But um, the, when you mentioned Gina Roberts, and I do so wish she had been part of this conversation. You know, when I met Gina, I saw a human being, right? And, and I have a, a few trans friends, like Nikki Stollard. I met a human being, right? And then that human being taught me about who that human being was. Are they kind? Are they intelligent? Are they helping me with this advocacy work that I'm doing? Are they working against me with this advocacy work that I'm doing? You know, that's kind of how I just encounter others. Um, and then when you get to know the human being at a deeper level, so I would say someone like Gina, some of the people that you're talking about where it does feel like it's a thing du jour or it's like a fad or it's like a, you know, something that isn't deep, deep, deep inside of them. I feel like that is disrespectful to, yes. uh, to Gina, right? Because she, she is just uh, through and through. Like there's no facade that I've experienced with her. But then there are other people like you're talking about that maybe I haven't met them in person, but like at a, at a distance from what I can see from their social media, or whatever, it does seem like there's a bit of a facade. And so mm -hmm. I've heard this phrase being batted, batted around called woman face. You know, like, is it a comparable to blackface? And I haven't fully unpacked that for myself because I'm thinking, so I didn't look like this when I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I put some effort into this, right? I'm wearing makeup. Are, are you in woman face right now? Is that what you're saying? Exactly, exactly. So what what would that be? I, I really, I'm still trying to figure that out and, and be very honest with myself and say, what if they are wearing woman face? And what if they are sort of being a caricature and mocking, you know, do I care? I really don't. The only, I go back to my upbringing and they, that is, you know, kind of that get off my lawn, keep your hands to yourself. My rights only go so far as to where they mm -hmm. impede on somebody else. And the, this weird thing going on out there where there's this over-sexualization that is being put in front of children and sucking children into it, that is a huge hard line that I draw. But that's not everyone that is, you know, in in this this uh, portion of the population that we're talking about. 
So it's like, if it's just how somebody feels comfortable dressing, you know, and, and putting makeup on, well, me too. So why do I care? I don't care. I think it's um, important. I'd love you. Every, to time, every time we have this discussion, I think it's important that, that we, we also recognize the fact that I, I don't care who it is. I don't care. I don't care what they wear. If they're doing some sort of burlesque sexualized performance, children should not be there. And, and it doesn't matter whether that, it's that a, is my hard line. Whether it's a man dressed up like a man, a man dressed like a woman, a woman dressed like a woman, a woman dressed like a man, I don't care. Or any combination thereof. Right. Sexuality and children need to be right. separated. Yes. And that's that is, I think that message gets lost. And again, people will twist the words to be offended about the part that they want to be offended about because again, being offended is also trendy. But it really goes back to, you know, like earlier we were discussing Gina and, and I don't know Gina. I haven't met Gina. And the, the only interaction we've had is, is in the, the chat group where I sent the invites out. Um, I, I would love to get to know Gina because, because again, I just, I have so many questions. The thing that I do know about Gina is she's real. And it goes yeah. back to what Holly said about be who you are. And, yeah. and Gina knows who she is. I think finally now, and I, I don't think it was always that way, but I, I think she she is learning who she is and she's being who she is and she's genuine. And I respect the hell out of that. That's just exactly what I want people to be. That's where I have a problem is the people that that want me, you know, they insist that, that I go along with their their fantasy. And they, they're not based in reality. The people that are based in reality, again, I don't care who they are. I can deal with them. The people that are based in, you know, hey, I'm not going to admit that the emperor's clothes look really nice because he's not wearing any. And and that's ultimately what it comes to is we have we have got to stop. We have got to all of us just admit that the emperor is naked and and move on with our lives. But there's so many, so many houses of cards would come down, I think, across, especially again, the, the people that are getting the headlines. Um so we don't have time to get into whether or not there's agendas, but, but uh, I will give. Well, uh, let me say one. More. Go ahead. Let me say one more thing, and I hate to interrupt you, but no, um, you know my my whole lane. I I volunteer away every hour of my day. I my daughter does the job that I used to do in our place of business, and my whole lane is Second Amendment advocacy and trying to you know renormal lives, self-protection and gun ownership. And so any community or any individual who is part of a marginalized um, community, they should be standing up for every single syllable of every single constitutional right, most particularly the Second Amendment, right? So I've started hearing a lot of trans people out there. Well, there's my son-in-law. Hello. <laughs> uh, I've started to uh, hearing really trans good. people. <laughs> it's like, he's in a black shirt. He's like, you don't see me. Um, trans people say out loud, we need to start uh, protecting ourselves. Well, they can be our allies. Why would I put up any barriers to that? As long as, again, they aren't on that on the other side of that line where they're trying to sexualize kids. Because I have, you know grandkids and I'm very protective of that. But um, some I'm hearing out there saying like, well, we need to arm ourselves and go do something 
like go yeah. hurt people for some reason. I don't know what that's about. And of course I would never be for that, no matter who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, makeup, no makeup, whatever. But if, if somebody is really feeling like, oh, I finally understand why we need to have these rights and need to have these tools and need to have this training to use them effectively. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Come in and mm -hmm. let's, let's talk and let's find out how do we help each other? So I, I didn't mean to, you know, interrupt, oh, yeah. but I just wanted to be yeah. sure I had said that piece of it. That it's so important. And again, our community is, if this community can welcome me with open arms, it'll welcome anybody. I guarantee it. But, but again, I mean, we, we've seen people of, you know, different ethnic backgrounds, different races that again, they, they, they had to come out within their own communities as a gun owner, which shouldn't be that way, you know, or different religions. I mean, um, you know, I, I think of there, there's eerily similar stories between Yehuda Reamer and uh, Chris Chang of having to come out within their own families and, and communities and say, look, I own guns and, and I, I, I'm not sorry. Right. I mean, that wasn't, you know, Chris coming out as gay, wasn't a big deal coming out as a gun owner. Now, you know, we're clutching our pearls. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's tragic, but I, I mean, at least there are folks in every community that recognize that uh, they're in charge of their own safety. So I like that part. Um, Holly and Brooke, I'll give you a chance again to either one of you that wants to sound off just a little bit about um, whether or not you're seeing a, a caricature made today, you know, with some of these folks, or if I'm just all wet and maybe it's not as big a deal as I'm worried it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll chime in a little bit and, you know, I, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to over speak with, with Gina, like Gina is probably one of the most real human beings that I know. And um, this is a person that um, has truly been like, ugh, she's like a big sister to me, right? She's like a caretaker to me. And this is a, you know, this is a long time friendship. And I don't want to in any way, shape or form, I would never want to put words in her mouth or like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to in any way come across as speaking on, on her behalf or on the behalf of anybody else um, like her. What I do worry about is when folks say things that are outrageous that that could instill um irrational behaviors from other people right so like like right. when we come out and we start talking about things that we know are biologically impossible and the other side and you know and and, and folks because they're like are these people crazy it creates more tension and my fear is that that creates a more dangerous environment for people like the people that we love very much because people within their own community is are, are making them look more extreme you know what i mean um my experience um has been that by and large these are people that just want to live their lives um and they want to live their lives comfortably they're not looking to make a spectacle but there are people there that are out there right now that are trying to make a spectacle um, because it brings in, let's be honest, likes, money, attention, all of those things, advertising. I mean, there's a whole market for it right now, but to the detriment of their own community, um, because not everybody has interactions the way that we have. Um, we're very blessed to have Gina, um, not just like, not just as 
part of the DC project, but as a friend, I mean, you know, Gina is, I can't tell you how many times she's been my designated driver. You know, she's my girl. Like, you, you know, she, she's been my roommate. We've, I've shared hotel rooms with her. Like, I, I love this human being. Um, and it, I wouldn't want, I would be, if somebody was creating a spectacle on behalf of a group that I identified with and it was causing this uproar, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with it. And so I think there is a degree of appropriation um, with, I, I hate that, you know, um, but I, I do worry about the long-term impacts because I think it goes deeper than that. I think they, that there is some harm being done to the people who just want to live their life, um, you know, as they feel comfortable. And I think that these are also folks who um, very much don't want to be different um, than, than us and, and, and shouldn't be different than us. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of kind of leave it at that. This is there are people amongst us that are just amongst us and it doesn't have anything to do with um, anything other than the fact that they're smart, um, incredibly bright uh, engineers that understand things that I don't understand um, and contribute something uh, to our efforts uh, and, and dialogue and also friendship and being really good human beings. Um, so I, I worry about the divide that is being created within that community um, that is potentially harmful uh, to the folks who have worked really hard to just establish themselves and their ability to to live their lives freely. Well, and I think you just hit the nail right on the head with my fear, too, that the divide that that may happen within select groups, I'm also seeing it start to happen at large across our country. And it's, it's very much becoming, um, and, and again, I know that the, most of the country is the silent majority, right? So we only see the, the ones that make the noise, whether it's social media, the news or whatever. And, and just like, you know, just like with gun owners, um, or anti-gunners, I mean, we all know what it feels like to be lumped in with everybody else. But again, I, I'm seeing a growing, um, I, I want to call it a blight of if you are not with me, then you're against me. And if you're against me, you hate me. And if you hate me, then you're probably going to be violent to me, in which case I'm justified in a preemptive violent strike because of all this other stuff. And, and I, that is one of my biggest fears is that our country, we, as a society, I don't think any of the four of us, but I mean the proverbial we, we are, we are allowing ourselves to become so polarized over stupid non-issues that I don't think we're, if we go too far down this road, we can't go back. We can never come back together over what really does matter. And, and that's, I think, what frightens me for my nation, because I don't want to see this union split. There are parts that I would just as soon not have to deal with, but I'm also realistic enough to, to realize that if we didn't have the other side of, of the discussion, then it would be dangerous as well, right? We, we need people to, to keep us in check. I mean, we don't want the pendulum to swing too far either direction. We want to stay kind of in the middle for the safety and I think the welfare of all of us, but um, that's what worries me. I think the most is just, um, it's another way that as a people, we can be divided and we all know what happens when people become divided. 
the, then we fall. Right. So, um, and I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see our, this, the best country on the planet go down the toilet just because people forgot how to agree to disagree on some issues and still agree on others. And, and just because I say one thing doesn't mean that I hate you. And even if I say that there's something that you're doing that I don't approve of, that doesn't mean I don't love you. There, there are just, there are so many things where, you know, I'm not a fan of people that smoke either, but I'm sure not going to kick somebody out of my life because of it. I'm also, I'm just not going to admit that, um, welcome back, Cheryl. I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to admit that smoking is good for you either because I do care about you. So, but I'm not going to, you're a grown adult. You make your own decisions, right? You're the one that has to live with, with the consequences of smoking. And there are so many other things that, you know, that's always the, my go-to when I try to explain this, I can say stuff and that it might be offensive to somebody, but that doesn't mean that I don't like them, that I don't respect them and that I don't care for them. It's just, this can be true. And so can this, and they, they can't exist in the same space. Um, so, so many people have lost sight of that, I think. Um, and so I, I do welcome, again, I, I, I know I say this week in and week out, but the, the 2A community, I, I love, I love being part of because again, I get to show up as I am. And even, even the people that don't like me, love me. And so it's, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that everybody's here for working for the same goal. And, and we don't lose sight of that, you know, and, and we, we understand that there are things that there are things that you three can do. Um, sometimes, and I, I say this a little tongue in cheek, but mostly serious. Sometimes I'm very envious of the way that um, the, the power that you three have that I don't have when it comes to testifying on behalf of the second amendment, whether it's in a legislative body or just at a rally or, or you know, just having a conversation in the grocery store line. But um, an old fat white guy with a beard saying stuff, you know, I'm yesterday's news. You three are where it's at. You are today's gun advocates and I'm cancelable. But you three, again, now maybe this is a little bit of inequality. Y'all have stuff better than I do. You know, you've got that, that woman privilege maybe. Um that uh, that you can't be canceled because you're, you the message that you bring isn't coming from an old fat white guy with a beard, and and so um, if if this is the way that our society is going to work, then yes, power to all of you who are strong and courageous enough to to take that Second Amendment gospel out to the masses, and you're not afraid of the naysayers, you're not afraid of the vitriol that's out there, um, and so. Again, I mean, anybody who who does Second Amendment advocacy work, and that's not every gun owner by far, right? Because it's hard. We'd be in a much better place if it were every gun owner. We'd be in a much better place. If it were You're every right. I, I agree. But but we all know that it, it's hard for some people to to stand up and, and rock that boat. And and I get it. People have their own reasons why. And, and I have some good friends who for the most part, they, they try to just kind of keep their head down too, because they, they, you know, the, the sacrifice, it, it's not worth it to them. And so I'm glad that we are here. I mean, that, that we can't, I don't, I don't have anything to lose by running my mouth so far. It's, it's what I do. It's what I've always done. 
now I have the internet. Ha <laughs> But but I, I just love the fact that uh, that we can get this word out, that we can have these conversations. Again, I had no idea if this was even going to be a, a successful conversation or not. Um, but uh, and and I didn't know for sure who was going to make it and who wasn't. But um, every week before before we go on on the air, you know, my my prayer is just that that the show goes well and that it reaches the ears that it's meant to reach. So I I just trust that one day we'll will balloon up and we'll go big and, and that'll be the right time because it's clearly not the right time now because this is still the best show that nobody's watching um real quick before we wrap up um did, did anybody have anything else you wanted to add um brooke did you want to throw anything in there on that topic so i have been blessed to have friends from all walks of life for all of my life um I've known very affluent people. I've known very poor people. I have known all manner of folks from all over the world. And it, none of it matters um, mm -hmm. in that, like you said, if you're nice to me and I'm nice to you, I, I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what you call yourself. Um, I believe that God said, love thy neighbor. Nowhere in there did he say that you must like them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I live by, is that, <laughs> you know. That's a nuance. <laughs> so I believe that every life is precious and valuable. And, and we have lost that inability to, well, no, some expectations have grown. I, I was a bank teller back in uh, the early 90s. And I had a very butch lesbian as a coworker. And every Saturday morning at 10.01, this little old, like 87-year-old man would come in and he'd say, good morning, girls. And then he would just waddle into the bank owner manager, manager's thing and have his morning chat with her. And she would get so indignant. I'm not a girl. I'm a woman. And I'm like, she was choosing to get mad because he didn't comply to her expectations. And that back that was back in the 90s. And I think all that we're seeing now is more of an explosion of that behavior of you're supposed to know my rules and make sure that you call me by the things I expect you to call me by. And if you don't, then obviously you're wrong. And she's like, no, you forgot to tell me what I'm supposed to call you. You didn't give me any grace to let me know and I have friends that have changed their pronouns and that sort of thing. And they are graceful and they do remind me like, dude, you called me a girl again. I'm like, I'm sorry. I it's, it's, but it, it's, it's the intention. And, and again, it's just like the grace and the understanding, um, the ability, like you said, to agree to disagree, which when Holly and I went and saw Mr. Murphy in DC that first year, uh, Mr. Chris Murphy and Holly and I all agreed to disagree that day. <laughs> So. We sure did, and every day since then. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that's it. Is like it's not new; it's just gotten worse. I think, and that you know, it's 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 so important for us to understand. My rules are not your rules, and your rules are not mine. Yeah. And if you truly want to have a relationship with me, or if we're gonna be friends. I need to know if I do something. And I think we've lost that ability to say, hey, did you know? 
<laughs> that, you know, if you wear pink on my show, I'm going to be all offended because I hate pink. Because you didn't tell me that before I came on, right, John? So I didn't know. I, um, <laughs> I'm actually not offended by girls wearing pink or guys wearing yeah. pink. Yeah. yeah no, pink, pink, pink is a very color. manly color. If you're masculine, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, but it, it's like we, we have this crazy idea that someone should be able to know what our rules are. Um, and it's like the most insanity that I think I've ever heard, especially being a uh, a victim of sexual abuse, is like, when a New York University law university wanted to take the word rape out of the vocabulary because it was offensive. And I'm like, I'm sorry, being raped is offensive. I think we should keep it there. So, but that's my rules. That is not everybody else's rules, but right. it's just that cancel culture of, oh, I don't like how this makes me feel. So therefore we can't have it. I'm like, no, we need to do things that are hard in order to make life better. And if everything were easy and soft and fluffy all the time, none of us would need to be strong and none of us would be strong. Well, and tragically, so many people in the 2A advocacy world have become 2A advocates because they've had some sort of tragedy in their life too, right? That's had to make them strong or make you strong. But um, yeah, it's, and I think, I think you're right. And I think that another thing that we're seeing, it's, it's selfishness. I have my boundaries, but I don't care about yours. Hmm. Yeah. You have to respect my boundaries, but yours don't matter because me, 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 I, 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 right. And that's, I think a, a huge catalyst as well, which goes kind of back to the whole participation trophy world that we live in now. Um, I do have a couple comments that I want to uh, put up on screen. And then uh, Pete over at gun websites did have a question as well. Um, Sheriff Smith out in uh, Southwestern Nebraska says uh, his grandmother gave him great advice. A woman should be a queen and nurturer at home and a lioness in the world. A man should be a king and a provider and a protector in the home and a lion in the world. And I think that's pretty cool. Never once did she say there were men's jobs and women's jobs. Um, and I, uh, I'll even, I'll even talk a little bit about my wife's grandma. My wife uh, has a tattoo, um, one on each upper arm for for both of her grandmas that are passed away, and uh, one of her grandmas was uh, was she ninety when they were sorting cattle? Was she ninety or 90, 80? 80 years old, still living out on the farm. They were sorting cows. And uh, she got knocked down and, and run over by a cow out in the corral. And uh, she said, you know, they, they picked wow. her up and, and cleaned her off and took her into the house. And, and she said, I'll be fine. Give me an aspirin and a cup of coffee and let's get back to work. They insisted she go in and get checked out. She had a punctured lung, broken, broken ribs and a punctured lung. And this is the woman that, that uh, you know, raised the man that raised my wife. And so um, when she was trying to figure out what tattoo she wanted to get to, to honor that grandma, we, we, found a, we found a sign somewhere that, that was exactly dead on. It said grit and grace. And, and that's, I think, most of the women that I know and that I respect have got both characters, uh, qualities in their character. They've got, they've got the grit and they've got the grace. So I really like that, too. Um, Pete wants to know if if your grandmas were on this panel, 
What would their opinion be in the state of the Second Amendment in 2023? Cheryl should go first because she's got to leave. <laughs> I do need to. I knew, do need to jump off. So yes, thank you for letting me dive in there. So my grandma was all of five foot tall. She was we call her little grandma. She was a tiny little thing, but I mean she was grit. She was definitely grit um, and very just tough minded and and those kinds of things. Um, but I really guns were not even a thing um, in in our discussions while I was growing up. Now, once I became an adult, I think she passed away maybe uh, 15 years or so ago. And so really it was before I was doing all this work that I'm doing now. Um, so I really, I'm not sure what she would say, but because she was so tough-minded and um, she probably would have been, you know, somebody to say, get off my lawn, um, I, I think she would be insulted at the trampling of the individual's liberties to just live their life the way that they want. So I think she would be indignant. I think she would be um, angry and vocal if that was something that was in the forefront of her mind that somebody was trying to um, impose upon her um, and, and try to stick her in a, in a box where there was less freedom. So I think that's a, the best answer I can come up with. But Pete, you always have good questions. Thanks for that. <laughs> and um, I really do need to jump off. John, this was awesome. Thank you so much for this. Um, hopefully gotcha. cancel culture will be too distracted to, to come in here and try to find reasons to be mad at all of us. But I feel like we were very respectful and um, forthright and uh, it was very fun. So I love you all. Miss Brooke, you're amazing. I, I want a bumper sticker of whatever that was you said. You, you have to love everybody. You don't oh. have to like everybody. So. Oh, yeah. So God said you had to love your neighbor. He didn't say anything about having to like them. <laughs> love it. And uh, Miss Holly, you hug that amazing daughter of yours. And we will see you at the GRPC very soon here in Phoenix in September. I can't wait. We'll be there, too. Bye, guys. Good night, Cheryl. Good night, Cheryl. Fantastic. Mwah. <laughs> So, so yes, now I will let uh, the two of you go ahead and um, let's put this right up on the screen here again. I'll let you two sound off as well before we wrap it up here. Um, Brooke, you want to go first or? Uh, sure. Um, so my grandmother, my, uh, that I didn't know very well because she was dead by the time I was one years old. However, she was 1000% into civil liberties and civil rights she worked with Martin Luther King and um, they were part of our family and she helped him go over to India to study with Gandhi, to learn all of the stuff that he did. And in the, in my grandmother's time, she had a black pianist and this was still when the, the whites could go in the front and the backs had to go in the back. Blacks had to go in the back. And my grandmother was on Broadway and traveled the nation. And what she would do pretty much everywhere she went was that 
during rehearsals, they would follow all the rules. On the night of the performance, she would make sure that Josh White would walk in with her in the front. And any time that they said, oh, no, no, he's got to go in the back. She said, well, I guess you don't have a show tonight. So my grandmother was spitfire when it comes <laughs> to civil rights. Um, so I think she'd totally be up in arms. And I believe that she would be proud of all the work that all of us women are doing uh, for our Second Amendment rights. And I think that she would be right there with us because um, she did lots of amazing things. And so that's that's what I know of her. That's awesome. So that's what I think. Go ahead, Holly, your turn. <laughs> Um, well, let's see. So my grandmother did see some of the work that I've been doing. Um, I'm a third generation gun owner, probably more, I mean, I'm sure far more than that, but that I'm aware of, um, you know, my, my dad was an NRA member. My grandfather was an NRA member, you know, it's, it's, it's in our blood. And, um, so my grandmother saw a bit of it. My grandmother lived to be a hundred, um, but her mother lived to be 108. Um, so, you know, she did see some of it um and i think probably if she were to be talking about what we're doing um i think what she would most likely relay is using our voice as women in probably back to kind of the core of the the, the premise of this conversation is what do we bring to the table is that, that we come in as really the opposite of those that are just pitching a fit about what they don't understand, right? So we're a group of women that come in and we can speak to public policy and why things should not be implemented into law. Um, we can, you know, speak to being mothers and we can speak to being uh, protectors of our families. Um, so I think really, you know, I've definitely taken on a lot more responsibility in this arena since my grandmother's passed, but as um, really a woman that she was very classy. She was, you know, she was the opposite of, of the grit. She was the grace and um, she was very eloquent and she was very thoughtful. Um, and I really think that if she were seeing it now, um, she would really be driving home and reinforcing to use the voices the way that we, we do try to do. Um, we really didn't really talk a lot about how a lot of us know each other. Um, we should probably touch on that really briefly. So um, Brooke and Cheryl and I are all part of a group called the DC Project. And the DC Project is Women for Gun Rights. And um, we have for now, what, eight or nine years, um, been going to Washington, DC to advocate for Second Amendment issues and really being that different face and voice and being a logical and well-informed um, group of women that can actually talk about the issues. We don't just demand action. We actually are there to have a conversation about um, public policy and, and why things should or should not be implemented. Um, so I think that my grandmother in particular um, would really be driving home, not just the raw, raw, like, you know, go get your gun, but really kind of more that, you know, cerebral um, position on, you know, make a good argument, be well prepared. Um, you know, be classy. Um, and I think that 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 would probably be uh, my grandmother's reflection on, on what we're doing. And I think that those are all things that are very well uh, represented um, amongst all of the women of the DC project. I would definitely second that. And, and yeah, I hadn't thought much about it. But um, all of the all of the women who I sent an invite to be part of this panel, and then all of the ones that I thought about when it was way too late of why didn't I invite, you know, this person and this person, although I couldn't put everybody on here, even if they all came in, I can only get, I think 10 on screen. 
right? Yeah. It, time and, and just space on the screen. But, um, you know, all of you ladies share that that quality, the, the class. You are all classy people. And I think that uh, just personally, um, if, if there's a, a female that I have respect for, they're going to be a classy person. That's just how I operate. Um, but, but that is something that I do appreciate, um, in, you know, all of my female friends, whether they're in this circle or, or other circles, um, and, and doubly so in, in my wife, um, because yeah, it, it, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's definitely, definitely a, a very, very, um, welcome thing. People, what men, women, whoever you are, be classy. That's, Figure out what that means to you and then be that. Very cool. I like that. Um, all right. We're going to wrap things up. I know I'm keeping Brooke up way past her bedtime. She said she was going to bow out 30 minutes ago and she's still hanging in. Uh, so I appreciate that. But uh, uh, we will give you a chance to uh, give any closing thoughts. And then it would be time for what I call the shameless plugs. So all the things that you want to share um, that you're doing or uh, of which you are a part go ahead and, and bring all that stuff up and, and take all the time you need to list them all. Because I know that, uh, that you all, both of you, you're part of multiple different cool, uh, organizations and groups. So, uh, so Brooke, we'll start off with you with closing thoughts and then shameless plugs. All right. So one of the things you touched on was the coming out, uh, and how for Chris Chang, it was easier for him to come out as a gay man, as an Asian gay man, than it was to come out as a, a gun owner, especially an Asian gun owner. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where it's just like here at a great start shooting school, my students are the same. It's like, I have teachers, I have lawyers, I have doctors, I have nurses, I have police officers. And it's just like, well, the police officers people know, but anyway, <laughs> but it's just, it's just sort of funny because it's, it's almost sad actually, because there are teachers that come to me for training all the time. Like I can't post a review on your school because I can't let anyone know that I was ever here. And so it's just like, it's, yeah, we need to figure out how to accept people for who they are and what they are. When I was at the women's expo at the Capitol this morning or the women's luncheon, um, you know, it was funny people were like, oh, you do this. And I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm just like, I just take the monster out of the closet. Guns may not be for you and that's okay, but at least come try to understand them a little better. So that's what I do at a great start shooting school. I try to take women from clueless to confident around firearms. And if it's not for them, it's not for them, but at least give them a welcoming place to try it in a small atmosphere, not a big, loud, noisy gun range. Um, I'm going to be in Bridgeport this weekend at the home, Better Home and Living Garden Show and Women's Expo. I have uh, just finished up one of my instructor classes last month, and I'll probably have another one in the fall for people who want to become instructors. I have a really cool instructor coming to visit here in uh, a couple of weeks. I think it's like May 21st or something. And we're doing an all day class if you really want to work on your holster work and trigger control. And there's a secret at the end of class, but I can't really tell it because then it won't be a secret. But you're going to be impressed with how much you can improve your trigger control and your aim by the end of class. Um, I just became a USCCA instructor as well. I just got a new uh, I ability to teach Massachusetts permit classes as well. It's been a busy year already. So, um, but yeah. Oh, 
uh, Saturday, Suicide Prevention Saturday. Uh, every Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern, I do a short little 15 or 20 minute conversation if I'm not interviewing someone about suicide prevention because two out of every three gun deaths that people talk about in the CDC are actually suicides. And we need to talk about mental health because mental health is how we help prevent suicide. And funny, I've been studying it for a while. The stuff that helps prevent suicide is actually the same stuff that actually helps prevent violence. So yeah. that's everything I can think of off the top of my head. I hope that's enough. Holly, go ahead. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so in closing statements, I, I think, you know, if there's one thing that viewers can kind of take away, um, you know, be kind to other people in the 2A community. Um, you know, I, I've learned it myself. People are going through a constitutional journey, as I like to put it, right? So you can kind of come into this, um, and many of us have, and you kind of go like, well, I think I support this, but I'm not really sure. And like the more years that you put into the work, the more you understand how it all works together. So a lot of the time on social media, it's very easy to be very cruel to other people and just say, you know, you suck for X, Y, and Z reasons, but help them through it, you know, help people understand like how you got from A to Z and let them, you know, kind of figure out how they're getting there. Um, and I think that's one of the things that in our community, we could do a much better job at because we tend to alienate people. Like we're talking about, um, you know, people, we talked about people coming in from different backgrounds and things like that. You can't pounce on people and expect them to know what we've, you know, put a decade into or whatever it is. Um, you know, and the same thing goes just with, with, females and whatever, however they come across, you know, accept them as they are and, and help them on the journey because what we're doing is not about, you know, being part of a club. We're trying to mold and shape government for future generations. And um, really at the end of the day, I mean, this is where I am in my constitutional journey. We're trying to preserve a nation and we understand that this is a, a fundamental um challenge for us that if we lose the second amendment so much more can go with it but a lot of people aren't there yet so instead of judging them and you know and, and chastising them online help them through it teach them why explain to them why you know small things like um why bump stops stocks could lead to ancillary you know other other things becoming unconstitutional like help them through the why um so you know and i and i think that that will make our community stronger um and then what was the next part? What do we do? Yeah, shameless plugs yeah. for the things that you're involved with and that you want to get the word out. I mean, really the most, uh, uh, you know, uh, anybody who knows me, uh, CCDL is pretty much my life. It's the Connecticut Citizens Defense League. Um, you know, it, it's it's a full-time job. I mean, it's not my full-time job, but it is a full-time job. Um, you know, Connecticut is a perfect example of how things can go wrong. Um, you know, 11 years ago, we were a relatively free state. It changes overnight. Um, and know that that can happen in your state as well. Um, and so for folks who are here in Connecticut, I know, you know, Brooks been up at the Capitol. Um, we're all doing everything that we possibly can do to stop some really bad public policy um, that is, quite frankly, our public policy here is being replicated at a federal level, um, you know, with Ethan's law and all the other things that are that they're looking at. They're looking to us to see how far they can go. Um, so, you know, CCDL is. Um, I'm just so proud of it. Um, more than 40,000 people in a teeny tiny state that are really doing their damnedest to to kind of hold the line um and you know these these folks work so hard and they do it out of the bottom of their hearts and i hope that you know folks will support it check it out and you know 
um, just know that like this isn't, you know, it's, it's hard on people. It's hard to get our, you know, to get volunteers up there for, for people like Brooke to go to the Capitol and, you know, to be there and for all the people that are on the boards and the committees and all the time that they put in, um, you know, support them because they're working their tails off to try to preserve not just the rights for those of us here in Connecticut, but like, we're trying to like, whew, man, we're trying to contain the cancer, you know, um, for, for everybody else. So, um, you know, it, it is truly a community and, um, hopefully you could get some viewers out there, sign up ccdl.us, become a member. It's free to become a member. We welcome you and watch. Don't eat too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny too, but you know, watch what we're doing here because like, the, the concepts that are, are being thrown out in states like Connecticut and New York and California, like this is coming to a town near you. Um, it's just a matter of time and you're going to have to fight it too, but we're doing our damnedest to, to hold the line. So cool. I'm very proud to be a part of a, a very similar group here in Nebraska. Um, shameless plug for me, for those of you that aren't aware, and if, if you're watching this show, you probably already know this, but uh, yes, we became state number 27 yesterday. So it was it was super cool to uh, I, I hadn't met the new governor. Uh, in fact, it's the first governor of Nebraska I've ever met was yesterday and, and got to shake his hand right after he signed uh, LB 77 into law, which is our constitutional carry bill. It will take effect, uh, I believe, September 10th is the day that it goes into effect. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's so great to finally get a win. And I've been part of Nebraska Firearms Owners Association for for three years as a board member and for, for three years, I know what it's like to lose. I know what it's like to drive to Lincoln um, and then, um, you know, to testify at a committee hearing and then whether or not I can make it back down for any debate uh, to, to watch it, you know, on a live feed and, and watch it die a, a slow death of not enough votes to, to beat a filibuster. I know how that feels a lot. So I don't know how to act now. I, it's the first win that I've had in my tenure as uh, as a board member for NFOA, and and uh, it's it's new. It's uncharted territory for us. We're super happy. I believe we will have most, or or hopefully all of our board will be at GRPC this year. So uh, if you see a group of about seven people um, that I'm in walking around just like we own the whole world, that's because we're pretty proud of what we have accomplished, and we realize that we stand on the shoulders of everybody who. Who went before us too uh, this has been a long long journey in nebraska but uh it can get better and a lot of people think nebraska should be a shoe in why weren't we in the first 10 because we're nebraska but we're such a purple state when it comes to laws that matter uh including our our rights as firearm owners so uh keep that fight up i know it can get discouraging i know that lincoln is different than hartford and it's, it's completely a, a whole different critter in most of New England. I, I get that. Um, so when you need some encouragement, make sure that you you find somebody to, to build you back up because you deserve it. Um, all of you out there in all of those states that, that it's a it's a constant uphill battle, um, you know, that just know that, that you are appreciated and that even those of us that have maybe a little easier journey uh, we recognize what it's uh, what it takes for you uh, to just keep keep getting up every day and put one foot in front of the other and and go back to the to that grind. So uh, so we appreciate that. Um, Pat in a bunker is out there. Normally he's one of our panelists, but I didn't want him uglying up my my panel of pretty people tonight. So 
Uh, he just dropped us a super chat. Says, uh, stay safe, carry a weapon. Thanks again, ladies. So thanks, Pat, for that. We appreciate you. Um, all right. And as far as shameless plugs for, for me, I mean, my I don't really have any closing thoughts. You guys know how I feel about most of these topics. Uh, and I've thrown my thoughts out throughout the show. So if you're coming in late, go back and watch the beginning and catch all of it. Um, again, if you... Uh, if you're in Nebraska, you need to be a, a member of Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. Also free to join. We don't charge any dues. Um, also, absolutely, we'll take those donations, but we don't beg for them. Uh, if you sign up for the emails, you don't get an email every other day saying, hey, if you don't send us 10 bucks, you're going to lose all your guns. Uh, some organizations that you, you know who I'm talking about. I don't have to name them. <laughs> They're out there, right? You but, said but we're not it. that. Um, all right. So, uh, so let's go through the list real quick. I think on the, I think on the Facebook side, um, who did I see out there? I got to scroll back up. Brooke was out there on the Facebook side. Michael was out there. Um, there weren't very many people on the Facebook side. Jeff is on rumble was the only one I saw. And then on YouTube, we had agorizer. We had DJ play nice. We had, uh, Clinton Smith. Pat in a bunker. Brooke is out there. Jeff was there as well. G Webs, Krabby Turtle, Richard Hirsch, Patriot in the Dark, M. Gabriel, Gunpowder Beauty, Ozzy Osbourne, Woods, Worthwhile Fun, and Sam of Anarchy. So again, and Vanessa Kitty's out there as well. So thank you for for uh, the comments. Thank you for the questions. Um, keeping it real out there. Be who you are, and uh, I think that's the best advice we can close on right there. So on behalf of Cheryl. And Holly and Brooke, Sandhill Sweetheart and myself, uh, we love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Catch us next week for the men's chat. But for now, you know what you got to do? Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs>